This is Todd Zwillick from The Takeaway. Today, the body of Senator Robert C. Byrd, nine-term senator and the longest-serving legislator in the history of the United States Congress, lay in repose on the floor of the United States Senate. I was standing just off the Senate floor today as dignitaries, former senators, ambassadors, and the vice president filed past Senator Byrd's casket. And I got a chance to catch up with some of his longtime colleagues and friends. First, you're going to hear from West Virginia Senator Jay Rockefeller, who worked alongside Robert Byrd for three decades. You're also going to hear from Mississippi Republican Senator Thad Cochran, who served opposite Byrd on the Appropriations Committee for many, many years. They became close friends. And you're also going to hear from Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who had some words and some remembrances for Robert Byrd when she spoke to the press earlier today. Senator Rockefeller, we're standing outside the Senate chamber right now where Senator Byrd's casket lies in repose, dignitaries are filing in, Secretary Clinton, um, Henry Kissinger, many, many people are in there. I'm interested in your thoughts right now. I think it's appropriate. I mean, uh, Senator Byrd meant so much to this nation and to this city, and obviously most of all to West Virginia. But I think people really respect him. And, you know, it's very, very rarely that a senator lies in repose on the floor of the United States Capitol. But there was never any question that he would. Was it I, these things happen at the request of the family? Was it something in life that he talked about? Did he ever mention that this was lying in repose on the floor was something he would want when he was gone? I don't know that, but it wouldn't surprise me if, it, if because he felt so close to the Senate, he was so much a part of the Senate, that that would have been something that made him really happy. He never expressed that thought to me, but it wouldn't surprise me if he expressed it to other family members, and thus it. It happens. Do you think that this day and the memorials over the next couple of days, um, are they events of sadness or celebration of a 92-year-old, 92-year life well-lived and lived in service? What what do you think is the tone? I think it's always, uh, that's that's hard to to pick, but I think uh, today is more of sadness. Is that what it is for you? I think so, yes, because... um, it's just he's been so much a part here of everything we've done. And I think my thoughts are more that way about sort of the celebration of his life. Now, we're going to West Virginia this afternoon. We'll have a series of events there tomorrow, and I think we'll celebrate his life. But in here, which is his home, uh, I think it's more sadness. Did, did he... You've heard the commentators. People see the arc of his life as similar to the arc of, the, of American history. Mm-hmm. Um, poor upbringing, difficult childhood, um, an early adult life that he grew to not be proud of because of some of his associations and affiliations, which is also part of the American past. Mm-hmm. These things tend to happen in death, that, that these, these, um, these comparisons are made. Do you think that he saw his own life? Did he ever speak to you about that? Did he ever see his own life as paralleling part of the American narrative? Or is that something that's been laid upon him? That wasn't his nature. I mean, he, he, he never spoke thoughts like that. Did he think thoughts like that? I would hope he did. But he never said that. People in West Virginia now wondering about the future of their state. They're in good hands, obviously, but such a powerful position, such seniority, such fame for taking care of West Virginia in a way that a senator does. Um, Are people back home worried about that now? I would would think somewhat, but maybe uh, 
you know, there's several of us who have been here for a long, long time. And, um, you know, I, I've sort of picked up his work at, in appropriations and casework. And um, that just happens. I mean, the Senate is very brutal. And the, the, the day literally after the senator dies, his staff is no longer empowered to carry out any public business. So I will be doing that until... You know, further notice, and I'm happy to do that, and I'm, a- I'm quite able to do that. Senator Rockefeller, I appreciate you talking to me. Thank you. Thank you. Senator Thad Cochran of Mississippi, we're standing just off the Senate floor where Senator Byrd lay in re- uh, lays in repose, and uh, dignitaries and senators file through. How long did you know Senator Byrd? Well, I've known him since 1978 when I was elected to the U.S. Senate. And I've served with him on the Appropriations Committee, sat side by side during most of my time on that committee, about 30 years uh, working together uh, on annual appropriations bills. He was uh, quite a remarkable intellect and a very serious-minded legislator, took his job and his responsibilities very seriously. And so he set a high mark, a high standard for emulation and um, the way he carried out his responsibilities. Everybody appropriately talks about his attention to principle, uh, sort of the sort of the high-minded ideals of the Senate and the Constitution. Can you tell me a little bit about his attention to detail? What he was like to deal with on some of the some of the day-to-day, the smaller items. I, I hear senators talking about what a good memory he had for people uh, who owed him things and things that he owed to people? Well, he certainly did pay attention to detail, and he was uh, very careful to have just the right words and just the right places to make the most impact and be the right answers when uh, probably easier and um, less effective ways might have been available, but he never got in a hurry. He always took his time, and that was one of the things he cherished about the Senate. You weren't rushed with schedules on the floor of the Senate, which operates different from the House in that regard. The House is very tightly structured. There's so many members, if you let everybody speak, whenever they stood up and addressed the chair, you'd never get anything done. But in the Senate... Uh, It was not that way. You could talk as long as you wanted until 60 senators voted to cut off your right to talk. I never heard of anybody suggesting that Robert Byrd should be shortchanged on his access to the floor or making comments on the issues of the day. Would you you be willing to share with me one time you can remember maybe where he outsmarted you on the floor? (laughs) No, he he never tried to take advantage of me in any way. Uh, we had a very close working relationship, a feeling of mutual respect, characterized our relationship. Uh, he would have never tried to do anything that would have embarrassed me or... Well, not embarrassed uh, you, but sometimes it's combat on the floor. No, not in our case. Mm-hmm. We were working together to try to find the best solutions to solve the problems of the country, and that didn't involve any kind of um, warlike combat or anything close to that. That's just not the way we were made up. Did- did you have a relationship with him that's becoming less common in the Senate between individuals, do you think? No, I think they're uh, more 
closer relationships here based on mutual respect and a common understanding of our responsibilities and goals for the success of our country, protecting the security of our, of our nation, supporting our men and women who are faced with dangerous missions abroad at a time when we are at war, really, with forces that are trying to undermine and destroy the United States. It's serious business. So those who think that it's kind of like a game here are just wrong. Senator, I appreciate your time. Okay, thank, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I was just in a bigger room, actually. I was in the Senate chamber where I had the privilege of representing the House of Representatives as we welcomed Senator Byrd to the Senate chamber where he is lying in state. I did so with great pride because Senator Byrd has served in the House of Representatives. He liked going over to the Senate for some reasons, I guess, but one of them was that he didn't have the restraints on time uh, in his speeches. And uh, as we know with senators, they, they don't like restraints on, uh, on their time. He, uh, one of his first speeches in the, cap in the House of Representatives in 1953, he quoted Shakespeare, Merchant of Venice, He's quoted Rudyard Kipling, Daniel Webster, to name a few. And this was all about trade policy. Not really direct, but uh, in it he said that he had, that members of the House who were, relative, were new to Congress were to be seen and not heard, and he had abided by that as a new member, but now he was ready to speak. Uh, in any event, we take great pride that he served in the House. Uh, we, are, on behalf of the House, I was pleased to have uh, our beautiful wreath there on display alongside the Senate wreath and to extend the condolences of the Congress as well as my personal condolences to his family. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. Of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.